I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable podcast features real stories from real people of how they make modern dating work or not. Each episode will not only offer you a new perspective on dating, but will also change the way you date. I'm your host, Yue, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear commentary from my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. So we had one of our most controversial episodes ever on this season. It was episode three called PSA to Women. It featured a man named Leon, and he wanted to tell all women how some men like him thought about women and dating and how to get women to sleep with him. So he had very good intentions of coming on the show and spreading this PSA. But we received so many emails and Instagram comments and whispers in our ears yeah. as we're walking down the street saying, I now want to be a lesbian I think after listening to that show. The tactics were definitely a little rough, I would say. I don't know what the right word is, but... You know what's so funny? So we have Allie here. I'm going to introduce her in a second. But 
We had a few people comment and say, "Why did you and Julie not like have a bigger reaction to what Leon was saying?" Honestly, I think I was in shock、um, for a lot of what he was saying because I think after. Leon left the show. We had this very honest discussion, Julie and I, and I was like, I actually don't think men think like this. No, I think that's like a very small cohort of men、yeah. who do, and they. I, I think of him as like a very、oh, New、totally. York kind of guy. Yeah. And you're trying to date women in different boroughs, but I don't actually think men in San Francisco think like Absolutely that. Absolutely not. I think like I was talking to a friend and her husband, and we started listening to the episode. He was like, "I have never thought this calculated about anything in my life." And like, yeah, it's so calculated. Yeah. So I think. I mean, I. I don't want to say that no men think this way. I definitely think there's a subset、mm-hmm, out there,、yeah. and I think it's probably more of the ones that women would kind of call like the players or the fuckboys、yeah. or that type. But there's also some good guys out there, so I do not. I want women to know that, that exists. And and <laughs> I also want to just say that it's so great that someone like Ali wrote in、yeah. and wants to pretty much like give her feedback about this episode and tell、yeah. her side of the story because that's what Dateable is about. We're trying to create this platform for everyone、right. to share their opinions, whether it be Leon or not.、Right. It's just great to hear everyone's perspective. So that is a great way to introduce Ali. She is 31 years old. Originally from San Diego, apparently the dating scene in San Diego is getting crazy. <laughs> We've been getting、really? emails about it. Apparently,、oh, okay. I don't know. We need to learn from San Diego. I, well, I haven't lived there since I was eighteen, so you know, yeah, I'm sure the dating scene when you're eighteen. <laughs> She has been in San Francisco for five years. Currently, pretty single, but taking a dating sabbatical. Welcome to the club. There has been. Quite、yeah. a few guests yeah, who are、I、taking、like、a dating sabbatical after the new year. It's just kind of like that reset or something. Do you know what we should do? This is a great business. We just create like a dating、uh, rehab center. Yeah, for everyone who's like, like on、I、a dating sabbatical, and then they could all meet each other. Yeah, I thought of like a breakup support group that just meets once a day somewhere, and like anyone could just <laughs> drop in. If they're going through a breakup and talk, oh yeah, that would be great. Except, wouldn't you just be like misery loves company? Yeah,、wouldn't、but your you friends are sick of hearing about exactly. it. That's true. I feel. Oh my gosh, that's true. You, if you're in that state, you want to talk about exactly. it. Exactly,、so、that is, is great idea. So true. <laughs> so I want to read a little bit、uh, from the email that Ali sent to us, and then we can go straight into what her experience has been like. So she said. I can't tell you how how often I turn to you guys after a breakup and feel like I wasn't so alone after all. But I found myself feeling really sad listening to your recent PSA episode. While there are players out there, and I have encountered too many in my time, that episode made me feel so hopeless. I used to be a girl who dated guys like Leon up until a year ago. Really, I've done so much work to unlearn some habits that lead me to these men. One being the belief that this is just how guys are.、Mm. I spent so much time. Trying to shape myself into someone they'd like. So up until a year ago, you were that girl falling for these fuckboys, believing the words they were saying.、Yeah. Obviously, did not listen to the man funnel episode. <laughs>、uh, no, I did listen to that. But, <laughs> but was, up until a year、yeah. ago, maybe two, it didn't come out a year ago. <laughs> it didn't come out a year ago, and now you're enlightened and you've been saved. But、right. <laughs> tell us about your dating life up until a year ago. What was that like? Yeah, great question. So I really 
liked guys who are very verbal and open with their emotions. I'm a really open person. So I really connect to people when they tell me how they feel about things, uh -huh. and like their childhood and their pain. And a lot of these men I would date were really open. They were really communicative and kind seeming. And so I, we would connect really quickly. And once that foundation was laid, I would really trust them. So when they did things that would hurt me, you know, I would just remember all the connection we had and mm. think, well, I must be crazy. They really like me. How could they not? You know, they told me last night they've never told anyone this story about their mom and I'm the only one they told. So, so you used to date Leon. Yeah. Your I used girlfriend. to date. Yeah. I used to date men like Leon, which is why the episode was really hard for me to hear. And what made me so frustrated was that he was like, oh, women need to be smarter. You know, you need to know your standards. And I wasn't even able to have know my standards because mm -hmm. I was being like manipulated. So the second I felt something was off, the guy would like assure me I was just thinking the wrong thing or I was being over emotional or mm. too anxious. And then I would think about that and like, oh yeah, maybe they're right. So I wasn't even able to gain that strength in recognizing. So what was an example of like a way you felt manipulated? Um, so I was dating someone and he would come over like really late at night. He was always like, oh, I'm so busy mm. working. Uh, I'm finishing this video. I'm X, Y, and Z. And then he would get to my house at 11 and I had been, you know, waiting for a couple hours and then we would hook up and then afterwards he would hold me and tell me he loves me but in Spanish and it was mm. never wait was he Spanish he's Mexican okay okay <laughs> wow that's some game he's just like <laughs> and yeah he would you know say these things really intimate things to me and then I would say well I was kind of bummed that I was waiting for you and for this long and you you know you weren't you didn't show up and we barely have like any time together and he was like well oh, you're just so anxious Allie like Stop being so anxious. Like, I was working. I really care about you. Like, you know, and then, yeah, he would, you know, hold me really tight. And we'd have this, like, intimate night cuddling. Mm. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I guess he's right. I am just being anxious. And then mm. when it would happen again, I would try not to say something again because I would think it was me, an issue with me. So I was constantly trying to sh change myself to like fit into this mold of this woman who wouldn't get upset with him or who wouldn't have mm. any issues mm -hmm. in the relationship. So, you know, listening to Leon, I was just thinking, well, hey, what about you taking responsibility right. for manipulating women? I mean, mm. I, I think we're smart. It's just when you're manipulated, that's a whole different game that right. you have to go through and learn in order to even know it's happening. Isn't that just kind of where we are in the political climate today as well? I mean, I think for years we talk, we tell women to bring pepper spray and to bring, you know, put your keys in between your knuckles when you're out and about, but why haven't we taught men not to hurt women? Right. Yeah. And it's the same thing yeah. as what you're bringing up is like for years, we've told women to be defensive and to, um, protect yourself when it comes to love, but yep. why haven't we taught men not to hurt women's feelings? Right. And that's kind of like the yeah. turning point of where we're at, where we've talked to be, talked to someone at the Good Men Project, mm -hmm. where oh. they're working on 
reshaping masculinity and how to take responsibility right. instead of putting the onus on women. Now, I also say women have taken on too much responsibility in t- in the last decade or so. We're like, oh, that's a problem. Oh, I can fix that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, that that guy is a problem. I can adapt myself to right. cope exactly. with it. Right. And we're exactly. also trying to balance the social construct where we have to be cool with everything. Like, yep. no, it's totally. no, no, no. I don't want to pressure you. We don't need to DTR. It's all good. I'm just gonna be like this. Cool Cool girlfriend, yep. you can come in and out of my life. I'm just, I'm just cool and chill. Yeah. So it is like very conflicting where we are right totally. now. It's very relevant why we're talking about. Yeah, this. I agree with all that. So were there any other examples? Not even from um, this guy, but other guys too. Yeah, there's so many. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. I, uh, I dated this one guy who was an investment banker living in New York. And he would fly out to San Francisco and take me on these lavish dates. I remember we went to the speakeasy. You have to use a password. I don't know. Oh, like bourbon and bread. Yes, that one. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm like a tomboy who would prefer playing soccer than going out. To- I was so nervous. I didn't know what was happening. And he bought me all these fancy drinks. And then he was staying at the Fairmont. And we, yeah, we hooked up. It was like this really intimate mm. night. And we carried on a relationship for talking back and forth for a few months. And he came back again and he was just acting a little distant. And it really was really hurtful. Um, And I asked him like, hey, you know, what's going on? And he's like, I just can't get attached because I know we can't really be together. And yet, you know, we were doing all these like, yeah, really intimate things together. Coupling things. Yeah, mm-hmm. like we would hold hands every time we walked down the street, talk on the phone for three to four hours every night. So then when he said, you know, I just can't get attached, then I was like, oh, I guess I shouldn't expect that. Mm. Oh, I guess there's something wrong with my expectations there. Let me, like you're saying, let me adapt so that I can make him feel comfortable in this situation. And it turns out he was sleeping with a ton of other women. Right. Of right. course. Which I found out. I think that's the tough part with all of this. And I yeah. kind of brought this up on Leon's too. Because it's like on one side, when you first told that story, I'm like, I could see it because he's in New York. You're here. Mm-hmm. Like, I could see that. But then when you're like, is it a line or mm-hmm. is it just like their feelings do change? Because I think people's feelings can right. change. Yeah. But how do you decipher when it's like them just pulling game on you? Yeah. Which Leon basically yeah. openly admitted that all that was lines. And right. sounds like if this guy was sleeping with the whole city of San Francisco, then maybe he was also doing lines. Like, But, but also he's not lying either. He's right. saying, I can't commit to you. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy spending time with you. But for some reason, when we're fed a line like that, even if it's the truth, we think there is a glimmer of hope to Mm -hmm. change this person because their actions speak otherwise. Yeah, right. It's, yeah, and it's really confusing. It's so, it was so confusing to me at the time. Now I would know how to navigate that, but he would say, like, I really do love and care about you, Mm. but I just can't be with you. So, but I wish she had said my feelings have changed because that would have been more Mm. direct to me. That would have been more direct, but also that may not be the case for him. Yeah. His feelings didn't change. He enjoyed spending time with you along with 20 other women. (laughs) And so there is, there is like kind of a gray area here. Right. So I think again, we are in the driver's seat. We have to drive the conversation. 
So it's not so much about adapting to them, right. but also communicating what you are looking right. for. So why do you think you were attracting men like this? Well, I think that I grew up thinking this is how guys are. Uh-huh. I grew up thinking guys don't want to commit. Mm-hmm. They're terrified of marriage. They just want to bone girls and yeah. move on. I don't know exactly why. Maybe it's the movies we grew up with yeah, in the totally 90s. Is. It's- He's just not that into yeah, you. Yeah, oh, that I mean, thing. Come on. Oh, God. It's like Don't get me fire. started on that. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. It's, I think that's like a lot of people's perception because of pop culture, for sure. Yeah. 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 I actually have some guy friends who've told me, I feel strange for wanting to be in a relationship because I feel like I shouldn't want that. Right. I've had guys tell me right. that. Yeah. And to be honest, I still have a hard time believing guys want that still. Mm. I, I'm working towards believing that, but it's still really hard for me. Well, Julie and I can tell you that we get emails and communication from men all the time who listen to Dateable and say they just can't find someone who will commit to them or they have a hard time dating, but they're looking for marriage. They're looking mm-hmm. for something more substantial, but they just have a hard time. It's like those guys somehow cannot match up with girls who are also looking for the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. They definitely exist out there. And I think that because there's so much opportunity for hookup culture that it's really easy to um, just default to that. And I I have a really hard time because I don't like having casual hooking up. So I don't like doing that. I really like like emotional intimacy. So like, yeah, technically I'm taking a dating sabbatical, but it's not by choice. Right. I mean. So how did you know that some of these people were like the more of the player? Yeah. Like how did you you, get to that realization? Yeah, this is a crazy story, but whatever. I talk about it in comedy, so I'll tell you. Yeah, uh, please. He, um, a month later, I got chlamydia. Mm. And I was like, oh, my God. At first, I was like, this is kind of cool because I don't sleep with a lot of guys. So Wait, is this a different guy? <laughs> no, it's the same guy. Same guy. Okay. And I was like, oh, wow, like, finally, I'm, like, out there. But a month later, I woke up, and I couldn't move my entire body. <gasps> like, every joint was swollen I couldn't like bend my hands or my knees and I went to the doctor and they told me that in 1% of people chlamydia what? Yeah, this is like a real thing. It triggers this like ar- severe arthritis autoimmune. Oh my god. What the fuck? Yeah, it's <laughs> from chlamydia? From yeah. And I've actually known like one or two people who've been like that's kind of happened to me too. Oh my like god. not to the severe degree that I had it. Like I I had to go on disability for a while. Oh my I god. Even move. And when Shit. I Shit. Yeah. You're yeah. a walking PSA right now. I know. Yeah. I am a walking condom PSA. <laughs> <laughs> um and when I talked to him about it, he totally he said, "Oh, I was negative." So I don't know. <gasps> what He's like, this just didn't come from me. And he was the, like I said, I don't really hook up with people. So he was the only person I had been with. So he wouldn't admit it. He wouldn't admit it. Or at least even like explore it. No, he wouldn't at all. And so that's how I knew he was sleeping with other people. But also Mm. that, you know, he wasn't probably being truthful with me. And the crazy thing was at the time I was like, well, there must be some weird fluke in the test. Like I started, I was again, like blaming myself. Like I remember asking a bunch of doctors, like, like, are you sure it's not another bacteria? Are you positive? And they were like, I remember this woman at the STD clinic was like, or like she was taking my blood at UCSF. And she was like, honey, I see this all the time. He's lying to you. (laughs) I was like, that's what I think. Okay, so that's how you identify a fuckboy? Yeah, no, I hope that's not. 
Hopefully but, there's easier ways that don't involve yeah, going to get an STD I mean, test. Julie, have you ever dated a player or encountered one or fallen for one, I guess? Um, that in hindsight. In hindsight. Hmm. I think, like, the part that rung a little true to Leon's for me was there was this guy that I dated that was always too busy. Like, oh, yeah. he was always working. He was always, like, you know, like, the last minute cancellations and, like, not really trying to make good on it either. Because it's, mm. like, it's hard because I get people do work. Shit happens. So it's, like, what's the line of them being, like, playing you versus not? I don't know. I don't know. He might have been seeing a shitload of women. I have no idea. I think um, really what it came down to, though, was that he was keep he was breadcrumbing me. Like yeah. He was keeping yes, me around. So yes. what his other stuff was going on, I have no idea. But I do know that, like, it comes back to, like, what you're going to stand for, right? Like, I was, like, mm. 25, 26 at the time. So it's, like, now I... I think a lot of our relationship was like, this sounds like embarrassing saying was through email. Like, because we never saw each other because he was always so busy. But for some reason in my head, I justified that it made sense, even though he literally worked and lived around the corner from me. So I'm like, what? Like you could have easily gone and got like a coffee or anything. Right? I mean, we always say this though. People always use that as an excuse. Yeah. I'm busy. Work is so busy, especially in San Francisco. Oh my God, I work in a startup. I'm so busy. <laughs> you took a shit this morning. Right. In the time that you were able to take right. a shit or afternoon, whatever your schedule is. <laughs> You were able to send out a text message. You could have texted me while you were shitting. While because you, you were probably yeah. swiping through Tinder while you're shitting. You could have done something yeah. a lot more productive. But then I almost feel like it goes a step beyond that too, because this guy was te- he was like sending emails. Mm. I mean, actually, this was like so dated. Emails. This was like before texting was even as big. But anyways, like he was like he was like virtually communicating, but he wasn't making the effort like physically, mm-hmm. right? Like in person, could have easily mo- like made time to meet up, but the reality was he didn't want to, right? No. Did you ever have an instance that so you can think like of? So I feel like I'm the opposite. I feel like I have a heart of steel because of this one incident that happened to me in college where I was dating someone and he made out with someone in front of me. Um, oh and God. I went up and I slapped him and he said, <laughs> what? You're not my girlfriend. <gasps> and, uh, and the next week he told me that he loved me. So Ever since that incident in college, I've just been like, if I he- if I see early symptoms yeah. of playerhood, I will say no. I will put a kibosh on it. Yep. But I think um, on the flip side is it's also harder for me to fall for someone mm-hmm. because I'm constantly suspicious. Well, that's the challenge is like with Leon's episode too, right? Like there are a lot of good guys that do have to go on work trips. Yeah. Right? right. So oh, it's yeah. like, no, I feel so like bad. Thing, but then it's also unfortunate that as women, we have to actually think about, like, is this person actually going on a work trip right. or are they at their house texting me saying that they're in, like, oh New York God. and they're actually in their apartment I in San know, Francisco? It all comes down to the fact that we don't want to be the fool, right? Right. We don't don't make yeah. a fool out of me. Right. I'm a grown ass woman. Don't try to pull this over on me. Yeah, and I think kind of what you were saying, Yue, about you put you put the kibosh on them early on is what I have learned to do. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I can necessarily detect or I even definitely determine whether someone's a player or not, but I'm at a point now where if I don't feel happy or good in whatever relationship, I actually talk to them about it. That's and good. like make sure it's addressed and resolved. 
world and whichever way we move we move even, but yeah it took me a lot of work you know a lot of therapy actually to even be able to do that totally and i think that actually like was what i took away from leon's episode too is like i think i don't want to go in not trusting someone mm-hmm. like i do want to like lead with trust and then obviously if you keep seeing signs over and over again then you have mm-hmm. to reevaluate that right but i'd like to give people the benefit of the doubt exactly. starting off but i think at the end of the day is like the message that i took back regardless if it's a great a guy with great intentions and they're not trying to play you is like mm-hmm. if you're not fulfilled and you're expressing that and you're still not being fulfilled and that is up to the woman to walk away yeah and i i mean i would add to that it's it's i think it's really important we actually have a conversation with the person we're saying yes. about it because i think that so easily people are like whatever i'm just going to date a bunch of other people no big deal like i'll get back to him whenever like yeah. people try to avoid the right. confrontation and then yeah. No one's holding anyone accountable yep. for their actions. Mm-hmm. No one understands the impact of their actions, and they just keep doing this. And stuff. I will say what I just said. I actually don't think this is just for women. I think it's oh, for yeah. men, too. Yeah. And that's, like, to your point, Allie, is, yeah. like, if people aren't communicating and then, like, women are just like, well, he's not texting me back fast enough or whatever. I'm just going to go find someone else and, like, play the game. Then it's just, like, a circle. Exactly. Because now the guy is like, what's going on? Right? Yeah. yeah. So after hearing Leon's episode, I'm guessing you had a little PTSD from it, right? Yeah, I definitely. I've been with a guy like this. I've fallen for a guy like this. But you're at a much better place now. So let's talk about that journey. Like, what was that breaking point to to get you to where you are today? Yeah, so I guess the breaking point when I realized I needed to get professional help and therapy was um, I was dating someone who was a comedian, is a comedian, and he decided he wanted to break up with me, um, but he had a comedy show before he was going to come break up with me, and he got in, on stage um, in front of oh my gosh, all our friends, <laughs> yeah. And he announced that he was going to break up with me. Oh, Holy my shit. Yeah, this is worse than the chlamydia story. I don't know what's worse. <laughs> this is traumatizing. Oh, yeah. my God. That's so, horrible. Um, so you were part of his material. Yeah. And I actually was not present at the show. I was home. Oh, my God. You weren't even there? I wasn't even there. But a lot of people I knew, because I'm a, I'm a comedian, so I'm in the community. So a lot of people I knew were there. For months, oh my God, it was so, I was humiliated. You know, I would go out and people would be like, Allie, are you okay? And I'm like, oh my God, like, I don't want to be talking about my breakup with you. Right. And um, it was kind of like the talk of the scene for a while. And when he came to break up with me, he he said, you know, Allie, I did this. He told me. And I was like, what? Oh my God. And so you he, found out from him. Yeah. Okay. And he said, well, you know, you of all people should understand that comedy is therapy. Holy shit. And then I think that's when I was like, I think I need Fuck to you, you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. I think that it goes back to the being a fool. I think that's yeah. like really yeah. like, and I was thinking about this with Leon's episode too, is like, I don't want to be thinking that like, everything's going well and then they're like running this that's exactly game. It's like a, a lot yeah right? it was a lot i was so taken about i had no idea this was coming i was like what like and then yeah to be have it put on the public stage so but i do this thing i think this is kind of like a personal challenge of mine is I, I blame myself for almost everything. So I'm mm. sitting there being like, why did I pick him? What is wrong with mm. me? And I think that there was an issue with mm-hmm. the people I was picking. I don't, but you know, also he was shitty. So it was yeah. like both. But so I actually started, um, I, I saw a therapist and he said, why don't you try group therapy? Mm-hmm. Um, 
which is, I don't, I don't know if you guys are too familiar with it, but it's basically me and five other or six other men and women who are also working on their relationship issues with intimacy and friendships and parents, whatever it is. And we are, we meet for an hour and a half every Wednesday with a therapist and interact with each other and talk about our interactions. And through doing that is really how I've learned how mm -hmm. to um, be confident in how I feel because in that setting, I'm able to get mad and I'm able to express myself. And I see that these people take what I'm saying into account and they don't ditch me or leave me. They're still there the next yeah. week. Yeah. Why did he recommend group therapy as opposed to one-on-one? Well, he runs a group, so I think <laughs> okay. he's really passionate about that approach. Apparently, group therapy is really recommended for relationship issues, and that's oh. almost all I've ever really had. And um, I have some friends who are therapists who all swear by group therapy, so I was already interested in it. Mm -hmm. So I also brought it up with him because I just felt so frustrated that I kept... I mean, this guy who dumped me on stage was after the chlamydia guy. So it was like, how many... Uh, you know what it is? That's what it is, though. It's the cycle of like so many... Because I think it's like one bad experience you can write off. Mm -hmm. But then when it keeps happening, yeah. even if they're not like huge things... Like, I know I've been there before, too. Like, yeah. you brought up what happened to you and as you were telling yours I just thought of like five others so I like <laughs> think I've blocked out right? of my mind but it's yeah. like every little thing builds on each other and then when someone great comes around that there's this misunderstanding or they are being genuine your mind is jumping to worst case scenario because you yeah. know what in the past what's happened I mean right? honestly if my mind first of all I have yet to meet that person but if my mind were to jump to worst case scenario that for me, that would actually be like a healthy thing mm. for me because I'm so used to believing and trusting everything mm. that guy says. So you're like, okay, I recognize in myself that now I'm taking a step back and I am actually trying to really see if this person is being legit. Yeah, that would mm. that would actually be a good thing for me, <sighs> uh, which I think it makes is, me feel better. Yeah, I mean, I admire <laughs> that ability and people who can do that. That's true because I guess like when you just like are taking it, you're not even thinking about that's it. That's exactly, and that's exactly what I did. And even during while I was in the group therapy initially for the first nine months, I was still in a, with a player. Like it took Ooh. me a long time to even get out of that relationship with him. This was a different man. And I remember one day I just cracked and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Don't talk to me. Yeah. And he was, he still he still manipulated me after that because he, yeah, he blocked me. I remember he blocked me on Instagram and unfriended me on Facebook, but then would like my posts on LinkedIn. Oh, oh my no. God. LinkedIn. <laughs> and then I was oh, like, wait, no. wait, so does he, does he mad at me? Is he not? So it's like, I still was so, like wrapped up in this. Like, I feel like wow. there's a couple levels that we're Mind talking fuck. about. And I think, yeah, cause there was like this like feeling and that was kind of like my email example, right? It's like, I just want to like, kind of like get at you at whatever small way I can. Yeah. And then there's like the player that's mm -hmm. like, you think that you're exclusive or you think you're in a good place and they're sleeping with like yeah. 20 other people. Like what are some of the other experiences that either, either one of you have had? Let's take a quick break and talk about what you're putting on and into your body. That is why I am stoked to finally discover Lola, a female founded company 
offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, and liners. And now they offer sex products too. Unlike other major brands, Lola products are 100% natural and there's no mystery around what's going in and on your body. The Lola personal lubricant features a mess-free one-click pump system with a water-based formula made with aloe vera and completely hypoallergenic. Formulated to help maintain a healthy pH, it's also gynecologist approved. Now let's get to my favorite, condoms. Lola's ultra-thin lubricated condoms are made of natural rubber latex and individually tested for contraception and STI protection. It's premium medical-grade silicone oil lubricant. It's not just professional sounding, but also it's exactly what makes the condoms so good. I am all about them and my partner would definitely agree. For dateable listeners only, you get 40% off all subscriptions. Just visit mylola.com, that's spelled M-Y-L-O-L-A, and enter the code DATEABLE, spelled D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E, when you subscribe. Now, back to the show. Like, what are some of the other experiences that either either one of you have had that you would you really, put in here? I think you really touched on it. There's layers of not being authentic. There's layers of it. Yeah. There's levels. So there's the player, but then there's also the guy who just doesn't know what he feels and doesn't know how yeah, to express right. it and therefore seems like he's not being genuine with you. And none of those is a good situation, um, but there are definitely levels. So does it come down to just being genuine and like trusting in your gut that this is a genuine person? I think it's just constant check-ins with yourself. This is the thing. Julie was like, oh my God, what is this article you have posted or um, that you have printed out? So 12 questions that will change your life. That Mm -hmm. was put out by Thought Catalog. And one of the questions was, I have it taped right there. That's why I'm looking at it. One of the questions is like, what do I have control over? So Mm. whether a guy's an asshole, a player, or a nice guy, I have no control over that. That's just who he is, independent of who I am. The only thing I have control over is how... I can choose to feel in this moment with him, right? right? So instead of, I think so much of dating is we're trying so hard, trying to like solve this puzzle of the other yeah. person, like mind read or trying to figure out what their intentions are right. and seeing if they fit into our lives and seeing if they like us back. But at end of the day, we have no fucking control over that at all. No, we all don't. we have control over is how I feel in this moment. And whether I believe he's a nice guy, a player or not, I feel at this minute insecure. So if I feel insecure, I need to figure out how I can change that, how yep. I can communicate that. Communicate. Yeah, exactly. And, and that has nothing to do with what kind of person he is. Mm. Yeah. Right? Or it's all very independent, but you just have to do constant check-ins with right. yourself as opposed to trying to win the other person right. over. Because all those times you try to win those guys over. I don't even know if you like these guys. Like when <laughs> we asked you about these players, you never once said, I really liked him or I was falling in love with him or I felt really good around him. It was more like I wanted him to let, he would say yeah. this to me and it made me feel good. Yeah. Right. It's very one-sided. It's interesting. Cause like I asked, like we t- just said, like there's different layers and you're basically saying it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. Well, no, like, I mean, it takes a lot of courage. I think it really sounds corny, but it takes so much courage to be able to sit with your feelings of pain or discomfort, especially to say them to someone else. Mm -hmm. And I think as far as your girlfriends go, I think that's another thing. Like so many of my friends would try to justify the behavior. Oh my gosh. It's the worst. Yeah. And I think they're trying to make me feel better. I know. I know. But how much, what if they had just said that sounds really hard? Yeah. It sounds like you're really hurting. Yeah. That's a better way to 
work with a friend on it. I like that. Yeah. But that is what media portrayal is. Look at Sex in the City. Look at all these yep. movies, too. It's always girls sitting around gabbing and being each other's echo chamber of like, yeah, he's an asshole. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. Move on to the next person. Plenty of fish in the sea. But that actually doesn't solve the root of the problem. The root of the problem is how do I control my life right. and control my emotions? I think support is another great way of looking at this. We've been defining support in a very different way, and it's not the right way. Group therapy is support, Mm -hmm. where you're just listening to each other's problems. I went to group therapy for couples counseling, Mm -hmm. and I found it so useful because I felt like I wasn't alone in what I was going Mm -hmm. through. Yeah, I can totally see the value in that. But it was never other couples going, being like, oh, yeah, you guys should break up. Or, oh, yeah, you guys are really on the right Mm -hmm. path. It's not about validating. It's just about listening. Learning that your voice can be heard, which is something that, I mean, it's crazy as someone who's, you know, does comedy and I'm a writer and I didn't really know that. Because yeah. that's all internalized. Yeah, but I what think you do. That's right. a good point. Because like I was, I just like remember this conversation I had with a close friend of mine, and her husband now is like the most genuine, amazing guy, right? Like absolutely incredible. But she said even at the beginning of their relationship, like she questioned things, mm. and she had to take a step back and be like, "Is this my own shit, or is it?" what he's doing mm. and I think a lot of times like yes there's times when it is someone not treating you well and you need to be able to recognize that but then there's also times that you need to be like okay I've had tons of guys that have done this or like built years of experience and I'm expecting this and like how do you like figure out for yourself which of the two that falls into mm. well I, I think I might have an example that might help I don't know if it answers it but so after uh I ended things with the last player I was with, the LinkedIn stalker. Um, <laughs> I uh, I just, I was exhausted. Honestly, I couldn't keep doing it. So, I, I, and I, I was really excited to try like my new skills on dating. So I started doing the apps and I ended up meeting someone who, um, he was actually an audience member of one of the shows and we dated a bit and he was really nice read a lot of literature, was into biking, like all these things that I really liked too. Mm -hmm. Um, But he kept putting up barriers to getting close. Like Mm -hmm. I remember I went over there and we we slept together and then he said, "Um, I want to sleep alone tonight. And I was like, oh, how come? And even me just saying that is a big big deal because old Allie would have been like, okay, no problem. Pack up your stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, you know, I said, you know, how come? And he's like, oh, it's just like really intimate. Wow. To wake up next to someone. And I remember that really hurt and I let it hurt. And I went home and we had only been dating for a few weeks. So I, I kind of wanted to see where it was going to go. Like I, I was like, okay, that's one thing that hurts. Let's see. Because there were when we were together, we had a lot of fun. So I was like, let's see if it levels out. Maybe I actually knew he had had just gone out of something through mutual friends. So I was like, maybe that's what's going on. So I was still kind of doing that. But I it was the first time where I was like really sitting with this discomfort and letting myself feel it. And yeah, he would sometimes not text me back ever <laughs> when things, when we would just communicate. But he also mm. said he hated using his phone. So there were like kind of excuses embedded in his behavior mm-hmm. that I was trying to understand. And mm-hmm. I, I think 
if these were done independently, they would have been understandable if they were done in the context of him like taking me out on a lot of dates and spending mm. time with me. But it was kind of like starting to build. Mm. And then we hadn't seen each other for a few weeks and we had planned a date um, to like go to a craft fair and he had planned something for that morning before the date and then for that evening after the date. And that really didn't sit well with me. And, yeah. and I, I texted him, hey, uh, I kind of am bummed that we aren't spending more time together. We haven't seen each other for a while. Good. And even me saying that, like, that is a huge thing for me to but do. That's important. Yeah. Um, and he wrote back, yeah, I don't want you to feel like I'm fitting you into a schedule. And I thought that was like a really nice response. And I said, yeah, that's how I feel. And then he didn't say anything. And the next day I was like, wow, this really doesn't feel good mm. at all. And I called him. And I was like, I, I'm just curious if you're really interested in dating because of what's been going on. And he's like, you know what? I didn't really think about it until last night when you said something. Oh. But I don't think I wanted, I'm not interested. You know what, though? I think it's That's amazing that you, yeah. call, like, I think also so much gets lost in text. The fact that yeah. you just picked yeah. up the phone and called him, like, that's so like mature and like such a great way to handle it and i mean yeah it was a real that was like a really big that's big a breakthrough break for me for um, sure. yeah and you were never like offensive or well, argumentative well, i'm not with him afterwards it's like oh that guy he had like a weird meal <laughs> well, i mean like you weren't room. like <laughs> i mean like when you talked to oh him, yeah no you no. were like very under you were like trying to give him the benefit of the doubt you were yeah. trying to just have an open conversation yeah. i think that's all you can do and yeah. let people react and show where they're at. Yeah. This is why when people say, oh my gosh, we've been dating for so-and-so months or like X amount of years, the amount of time you've been together really doesn't, it's not a gauge for how strong no. your relationship is mm. because something like what you just said, that situation could have dragged on for months, maybe oh, yeah. years totally. if you didn't confront him because he probably was, a lot of people are just happy yeah. to be. Right. Yeah, that's what like some of companionship. Them. I yeah. have someone to call totally. up. I can make plans before and after I see her. She doesn't have that many demands. Right. Like, this mm -hmm. could go on forever, and that could lead you to think you're in a relationship yep. and it's committed, and oh, that totally. leads to even more of a a waterfall of hurt that's about to come oh, down yeah. the line. So I love that you were able to do a check in mm -hmm. and say, "This is how I feel. How do you feel about yeah. this?" And only when someone's confronted with that, that's when they can tap into this is actually something right I want. right which goes back to like the layer or levels of like playerness like i don't right. i wouldn't call him a player no right he was I, just confused yeah he was confused we're just yeah he didn't know just he didn't, didn't know what he wanted yeah and i think that's a lot of people in modern dating and that's yeah. where i think like leon's i think he's the exception i think mm -hmm. that a lot of people are not as calculated i think a lot of it comes off like that because they're just not sure what they're looking for yeah exactly but i think i guess the takeaway to us is women is it kind of doesn't matter like as long as it's it really not if it's not it. what you're looking for if it's not making you happy if it's making you like feel uneasy after even having conversations then that's when you really need to like evaluate it let's hold that thought for a second we'll get right back to it this episode is sponsored by via we all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom but did you know a little thc could also do that yes via has developed a unique blend of pleasure enhancing cannabinoids libido strengthening herbs and a low dose of thc all into one mind-blowing gummy called high love this gummy wow it will awaken your senses increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the high love gummies because it is just the right amount of 
THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's ViaHemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style, spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. Yeah. And I think another yeah important thing to remember for me was to just be, be able to accept that I wasn't happy and accept mm-hmm. the pain I was feeling. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast exit interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey. And yet we rate everything in our lives from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review. Featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. <laughs> Wait, wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. When she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And for my friends to accept it too. Because actually before I called him, I had called my friend and I told her what was happening. And she's like, you know what? Why don't you just talk to him? Yeah. It doesn't sound like he's treating you the way you want to be treated. Yeah. And that's not typically the advice I would get from most of my friends. Mm -hmm. I think that's great advice. Yeah. No, I thought it was great advice. And yeah, I think we as women need to encourage each other to do more of that. Right. Not play games or not like – 
I hate the, like, just don't text him and, like, yeah, wait. I know. Like, that is, I remember I had a friend gave me advice that I should just, like, become a little less available. And I'm like, no, because I don't want a guy that doesn't yeah. want me to be available. Like, if that's the solution to making this work, then, like, this isn't going to work. It's yeah. not a healthy relationship. No, we should not be, like, playing those games at all. That's trying to change yourself in weird ways. That's, like, I got so twisted because I just couldn't change myself enough to, like, keep these guys around that I didn't even know like what shape was normal right right you lost yourself yeah in the process and I think yeah. the reality is like it's tough with relationships because it is merging two people together that have different thought processes so like this guy in the example he may not have even thought anything was wrong like mm -hmm. he's like oh I'm seeing her today yeah <laughs> right like he's like not thinking like oh I'm squeezing her in blah 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 yeah. so I think having conversations and being like it feels like this like how are you coming at it then like I mean, in this case, obviously, it just brought up that he wasn't ready. But in other cases, it could just be like, actually, like, we need to meet in the middle here. Right. Yeah. It's not yeah. what you want. It's not what I want. It's how do we make it work for both of us? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because if he was really psyched about being with me, he would have probably said something more like that. Right. Or maybe he's like, today I've made these other plans, so I can't do them. But how about next Saturday? Right. All day is us. Yeah. Right. Like, there's mm -hmm. so many ways around it. Yeah. I do think I'm about to say something that I feel like a flood of emails are going to come in, but I do <laughs> think there are fundamental differences between men and women. Agreed. And I think, like I, I've said in the previous episodes, men think like 20% of the day and women think 150% <laughs> of the day. We're thinking about what's happening in five months and they're thinking like, about what's happening in like five minutes. <laughs> if that, yeah. right? So I think like sometimes we tend to man bash because we are using our own female ways of thinking about things when they just haven't caught up yet mm -hmm. to those yep. thoughts. So I think it is important for women to do these check-ins regularly yep. if you are dating a hetero man because it gets their brain thinking about those things too. Because if you don't, it might never get there. Like right. a guy could sit idle for a really long time and not, yeah. not have to think about these things. Yep. So I think we should be able to take them on this journey of our thoughts. Too. Or a good guy may just not even know that this is a problem for you. Yeah. I right? think most guys would not think that was a problem. No. If you didn't express it. Yeah. This is why guys are always like, whoa, this came out of nowhere. Like, right. I didn't see. And we're like, what? But you saw that I gave you the silent treatment the other day. And they're <laughs> like, what? what? I, don't, I didn't see that at all. But the problem is we've dealt with men like Leon. Yeah. And that's why we get ultra defensive. Like the mm -hmm. second when a guy's not like making us like the number one priority, we're like, are we getting played? Yeah. And I think yeah. we just don't want to feel like we're getting played at the end of the day. Yeah. And I, I would say I'm still in that probably more on the defensive side at this point, which is why I haven't really found anyone. But you're you getting know. there. The but fact yeah, that you recognize yeah. it, the fact that you're having those conversations, right. that's huge. Yeah. yeah. It's work. You're just doing work it's right now. Work. It's self-work. <laughs> it and you shouldn't have someone like Leon set you back. I think for someone like Leon to appear on our show should give you, you should feel happy that you no longer have to deal with a man like this. Yeah. yeah. 
I just have this fantasy of like telling him off. What would you say to him right now? I would if he say, was in his room. There's nothing you need to teach me, Leon. <laughs> <laughs> Take responsibility for your actions and apologize for your behavior. But I think I will. Life. Okay, I'm not defending Leon, <laughs> but I will say one thing that I do agree with what he was saying was that we can only control ourselves. Yeah. And this is a good segue to takeaways, but I think like mm-hmm. we can only control ourselves. So like all the fuck boys, all the players out there, like all the good guys that are just clueless, whatever they may be, like we just need to know what we're looking for and if how they can meet us. And if they can't meet us, then we have to move on. Yeah. But we also have to let give them a chance to meet us too. I, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I, that's a very good takeaway. And I, he did say that. He did. Not, yeah, yes. Not in so many words, but he did say that. that I was, was a more tactful way of saying it. <laughs> more tactful way. Yeah. But he, he also just wanted women to know that we just have to listen more. Yeah. To listen to all the words that are being said, not just selectively listen to the ones and we want to And that's a really hear. important yeah. part. So I guess like that is a segue to takeaways. What are some of your takeaways from this conversation? I think what... Ali has done is give us a a playbook of how to navigate around this, right? If you've dated the fuckboys in the past, how do you get past that to now stating your needs and putting yourself first? I, I think one way to do that is this is the the step we always forget is to sit with our thoughts. Yep. I think like so many times we're like, oh my gosh, I feel really bad about this. I'm gonna go out and you know hang out with my friends and get drunk or like yep. go to this party because get on tinder get on tinder because i want to distract myself and i want to feel good and then what happens when you get home you feel even worse because yep. you feel lonelier than ever i think one we have to sit with our thoughts because most of the time we don't actually know how we're feeling yep. mm-hmm. you have to take your own temperature multiple times a day otherwise you get lost yep. you have no idea what you want so step number one accept and sit with your thoughts Step step number two is knowing what you need. Yep. Like it, we can listen to other people all we want, but they their needs may be very different than right. our own needs. Mm-hmm. And so how do you communicate those needs? And it's not just in a relationship. So this is what this is what I I, I used to get really annoyed by the people who would go to a restaurant and say, I want the salad, but can you take out the shrimp and can you add a little dash of salt? Like and me? Can you can you put, can you put <laughs> is this like a subtle hint right now? The dressing on side, and can you make sure the chicken's a little bit warm? Okay, I like I used to get really annoyed by that, but now I kind of admire people who know exactly what they want mm-hmm. and they know how to ask for it. Yep. So I was in an Uber pool the other day, and uh, my seat was really pushed really far forward, and I couldn't get it to go back, and I. I was kicking myself because I'm always like coping and enduring. So I just kept thinking, it's okay. I just like have 10 more minutes of this ride. I can, I can deal with it. I wish I would have said something or did something about it. If we can practice these little scenarios of asking for what we want in things that don't really matter, then we're much better at it when asking for things that matter. That is a really, really good point of view. Yeah. I like that. I think you can only get to that point if you really sit with your feelings and let yourself feel 
And practice. And practice. Yeah. Practicing. Practice. It's not an overnight thing. No, I think that's actually my takeaway is like sometimes like I feel like I've done a lot of self-work also and come a long way of not standing for behavior. But sometimes like something will happen and I'll kind of like think about it. And I'm like, I feel anxious still. I wish I just wouldn't feel anxious about this. Yeah. But I think you, Allie, you brought up that like the fact that you're aware that you're feeling anxious, like the fact that you're like conscious of it, the fact that you're like articulating how you can deal with it, that is huge progress. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes, at least for myself, is I don't give myself enough credit for that progress. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that you're even aware, like when I was like totally unaware, like I was like blissfully ignorant, but just dumb, right? So at least like you now know how you're feeling, what to do about it and steps to take. I think my other key takeaway is just, again, like it goes back to understanding yourself and what you're looking for and how much of this is coming from your past versus the person. And like, how do you articulate again in a kind way that's not accusatory or anything like that, but just open that dialogue and then like see where someone is from that dialogue Mm -hmm. before making acquisitions in your head about things that someone from 10 years ago may have like caused you. Like we, I guess it's like, it's tough because it's like you want to go in giving someone trust and you don't want to go in bringing your baggage, but you also need to like protect your heart in a way too. Yeah. And it goes with friendship as well. It's not just romantic relationships. Like I'm always so surprised by how we're able to communicate to our friends. This is how we communicate to Mm -hmm. significant others. Right. Why is there such a barrier? There's no difference. These are still people that matter to you. It doesn't matter what kind of relationship. It's important to say something. I I think that's hard with friends too, for me. Yep. And I think because we think of confrontation as such a bad thing, but I think it doesn't have to be like I've Mm -hmm. recently had conversations and I feel like it brought me closer to someone Mm -hmm. by having those like things that I was like potentially scared to bring up because I think especially as we're navigating new relationships, we're always worried that like things will end if we bring up too much. Yeah. But I think the point is if... Right. We do, and it ends. That's it's not a bad thing. It's yeah. like we figured it out earlier. Like you were saying, UA, like just because things went on for six months or two years, that doesn't have any like meaning it's not at a all. Of how great your relationship is. There's this poet, and he he he's writing this essay about teaching undergraduates, and he said, "I try to tell them your life matters. You matter." And I think that's something that's really important to remember. Your experiences, your feelings, they are important. Absolutely. I love that. And you control your narrative. This yeah. is your life. These people shouldn't, you know, affect that, affect who you are. And I think the last thing to pivot off of that is like we've talked about how like past people build into your current experience but there is a positive side to that too like I think like like after you brought up like can you give an experience now I've like 10 circling in my mind but some of those people I'm like you know I don't actually have ill will to you anymore like what you did at the time was pretty shitty I've had people make out with other people in front of me as well. Oh, really? Oh, my yeah. God. Is yep. that like a thing? I've had that happen twice. <laughs> I think I blocked Jeez. it out of my memory. But <laughs> Wow. Yeah, it's happened. I mean, but anyways, um, I think at this point, it's taught me what I'll never, ever stand for again, mm-hmm. right? And I think the guys that I am with now would never do that because, like, at a sign of that, like, I'm done, right? Right. Seriously. <laughs> uh, my last takeaway is... 
Use a condom, guys. Use a condom. Don't get、Definitely. fucking chlamydia because you、yeah. won't be paralyzed in your bed. That's、Holy、a good point.、Shit. It's like stuff they don't tell you in sex ed when you're in sixth grade. No,、What、especially from someone that has not given、yeah. anything. Right? Don't get sexually transmitted arthritis.、Uh, shall we go to question of the day? Yeah, let's, let's do, do a do quick a one. Quick question of the day. This one comes from Keith. He says the girl I was dating recently broke up with me because she said I wasn't making her feel like a priority, and that didn't make her feel good. I really liked her, but had other plans with friends and wasn't trying to offend her. She told me things came up for her because of the past guys she dated, stringing her along, and was afraid of getting hurt again. How do I show her I'm not a player, but rather just a guy that does have other people and commitments in his life? We've only been dating for three months. If that provides more context, too. Ooh,、hmm. Allie. Oh, my answer, answer is that you can kick us off. <laughs> can yeah, I think if he's actually said these words to her. But I think that communicating exactly that would be really helpful. And asking her, "How can I show you、mm-hmm. that I'm committed to you? What、yep. does that look like?" This should have been a takeaway. I don't know why we didn't think of it, but I think what you said earlier, like about just someone articulating, like them just being like, like you said about the guy from New York, the one that gave you chlamydia, that、mm-hmm. him just being like, <laughs> that's however he's gonna be forever、oh, now. That's how he's gonna be too. Don't worry. You're like I have no other identifiers besides that. But like, if he had just been like, hey, my feelings changed, or like、mm-hmm. the distance is too tough, or I'm looking for someone close, but like something that was just honest, like I think. That goes a long way,、mm-hmm. and a hundred percent honest. Yeah, and I think、yeah. a lot of times men aren't trying to hurt women, but they feel like by not being honest, it will not hurt them as much.、Mm-hmm. But I think we—I don't want to speak for all women personally. I would much rather someone just be honest so I can move forward,、yeah. than like give you that like、Same. glimmer of hope or whatever. So I think also again like this Keith example like. This comes down to everything we've talked about of just having a conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, and he's trying to blame himself. Like, oh, what can I do? What should I do? Like,、mm-hmm. when she said she actually has these issues with herself, so it's not just his fault. No. You know? So why not? Yeah, create a dialogue about what she would really want. That's a great point because that's what I learned in couples counseling. Everything you do with your significant other is a negotiation.、Mm-hmm. It's a constant negotiation. We are just trying to. Mesh two lives together and trying to make that work. So in Keith's scenario, instead of telling people who don't know who your girlfriend is or who this girl is <laughs> about your situation, I think you should have a conversation with her. Obviously, state like what you've told us, but also negotiate. Like, have an action plan. How、mm-hmm. about I have dedicated time for you twice a week? Would that satisfy your needs? Right. And she can come back and say. I would prefer three days, or I would prefer like a whole weekend. Then you guys can have some starting point to negotiate、right. back and forth, so both of your needs are met. Right, and I think like I know she wasn't the one that wrote in, but I'll give her advice anyways. But I think like <laughs> use a condom. Think, yeah, seriously. <laughs> in this case, Keith is playing all of us, looking like a good guy. I'm just kidding. But like I think this comes back to like bringing the past in. And I think it's great that she can be vulnerable and recognize it. And again, like instead of necessarily pulling the cord with Keith, because like again, I feel like Keith probably thought like I'm hanging out with her, I'm hanging out with my friends. Like, what's、mm-hmm. the problem? So it's like having that conversation, opposed to just the first sign of things not working out, xing it and going and trying to find someone else. Because I guarantee 
is going to happen again to whoever she finds next. Yeah. And she's just going to have to learn to like voice it and have that discussion with someone mm-hmm. because people have friends. And if they don't have friends, that's another problem. Yeah. And Keith, instead of trying to show her you're not a player, why don't you think about do you actually want to be in a relationship? Maybe like you just you like her company, you like being around her, but maybe you don't actually want to make her priority. And that's okay too. And then you have to communicate that to her also. Communicate, mm-hmm. communicate, communicate. And use a condom. Okay. So, like, that's yeah. all we're going to say today. And on that note. And don't date a comedian. Yes. They will talk about too. your breakup on stage. on stage. Oh, my God. It's too good a material. But, Allie, thank you so much for, first of all, writing to us about Leon's episode, but also just telling us about your journey. This is not an easy journey to go through, to go from fuck boys, and for some of you guys, I know you've dated fuck girls, too, yeah. to go from that mindset of, like, insecurity and constantly trying to mold yourself for someone else to now finding standing on your two feet and like being really strong in who you are communicating your your needs that's a really tough process and it's a it's work on a daily basis so we really are appreciative of you coming and sharing your story Um, for our listeners we love to hear your journey too and it's not just about even if you haven't come to where Allie is now her where she is in her journey maybe you're like midway through maybe you're in the trenches maybe you're figuring things out that's what we want to talk about come come on our show and let's figure shit out together (laughs) you're not in this alone and that's we're hoping that that really comes across that one you're not in this alone and two is we want to provide all these different perspectives so we can crowdsource ways of getting through the trenches of dating yeah yep okay cool um also just we love to have guests on our show if you have a good dating story maybe relate to chlamydia (laughs) or you're the comedian that's pulled that shit before yeah Yeah. (laughs) we love to have you on our show so we can tell you what's up um (laughs) okay on we're gonna wrap this up stay Stay dateable your action item for this week is to work on verbalizing your needs start small Maybe your entree came out slightly wrong. Instead of thinking it's not a big deal, change your mindset to what is it that I need right now? If what you need is the right entree, ask for it. Maybe you have a friend who's constantly checking his phone while he's talking to you. Instead of letting him be, express your need for him to respect your time. Working on verbalizing your needs on a daily basis will build a great foundation for doing the same in relationships. Want to continue the conversation? First, tag us in any post with hashtag StayDateable. Then head on over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching services with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. To connect with us, find Datable Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're also downloadable on Spotify, iTunes, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable.